afternoon baseball in the Bronx. And it's funny, you know, you don't say the Queens, you don't say the Staten Island, you say the Bronx as a reason, but I won't get into it because we don't have enough time. But the Yankees have taken a one nothing lead early against the, I tell you what, the extraordinarily mediocre Oakland Athletics, who apparently are moving to Las Vegas. One o'clock on the East Coast. It's May 10th. The month is going by like what, Dan? Like that. Like that. Um, I'm Guy Adami. That's Dan Nathan. In just a minute or two, the great Carter Braxton Worth sitting in front of what appears to be an orchid will be joining us. He looks good, by the way. Today's market call brought to you by FactSet Financial Data and Analytics, powered by tomorrow. Um, a lot again, it's it's a weird day. Like people look up, see the SP's unchanged, nothing's going on. Yes, wrong. R-O-N-G. There's a lot going on. By the way, the Knicks obviously looking to uh continue their campaign. Tonight at Madison Square Garden, one of our fans are saying, why did Tibbs sit Hartenstein for the fourth quarter? I I don't know. I'm not privy to the rotation of the New York Knickerbockers. I have no idea what's going on. I think you need quickly back. And you know what? It comes down to you got to play with some heart tonight. Got to play with some emotion. Rebounding is all about effort. By the way, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which apparently is growing leaps and bounds each day. Smash the shit out of the like button because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, how are you, Dan? I'm doing well. I mean, you know, it's funny. You mentioned, you know, the S&P is unchanged in the day. The NASDAQ is up. The NASDAQ's off of its highs at one point. And I think many of our loyal listeners, viewers know that I have um, a couple you know, decent short positions that I'm kind of working into battling a little bit. And it's interesting, Guy, because these are the ones I'm most focused on in, in my little um, battle with the NASDAQ here is Tesla. Tesla's three and a half dollars off its high this Reverse morning. Reverse today, lower. Yep. Which is interesting. And then the other one to keep a close eye on NVIDIA, it feels like it's about to go down on the day. And again, you know, these are just sentiment leaders. I think they're interesting. Also, you know, two days ago, um, without Carter on Monday, I thought I'd take a look at some charts and I did not do a great job. I was talking about the Uber and it's real, just the, the kind of um, reaction it had to its better than expected earnings and guidance last week. And we looked at Airbnb in front of its earnings. And I said, listen, this chart looks constructive. This is a company that's profitable and uh, valuation basis relative to its expected growth. I thought it looked kind of reasonable, even at 30 plus times earnings or so. And I thought the chart looked reasonable. Well, this stock's down. 10% today after its results. And it's also bringing down, Guy, I think some of the travel names uh, away from, uh, you know, Airbnb, United, and, and Delta, the airlines have kind of reversed lower. And so these are some of the things people ask us all the time. What are some of the things that you're focused on? What do you look at in the intraday to kind of gauge some of the moves? Um, you know what I mean? Like those are the sorts of things mm -hmm. where stocks are responding to, you know, poor news. I also see another name, Twilio. This is a very expensive SaaS name, down 16% after um, its results. So those are some of the things that are kind of catching my eye a little bit, Guy. But the travel one is really one that I think some of the commentary out of Airbnb is the thing that I'd kind of focus on as it relates to the consumer. I think it, I think you make a good point. It's something you have to watch. And people, again, will talk about the health of the consumer and the money on the sidelines and the balance sheet and the typical lazy arguments that you get that sometimes uh, hold water and other times are just ring hollow. And I think we happen to be in the ring hollow side of the equation. So there's your Airbnb chart. And I want to address a couple things um, going off script here. Chaos AD. I haven't seen chaos come in. Maybe I've just missed him or her. This market seems to be as frozen as Carbone's body and Goodfellas. I mean, that's very funny. If you recall, 
they found Carbone in a meat truck. Took him a few days. Well, to hold on. Do you know where they did? You know where they found him? They found him on my old block. On Stop Washington it. Street. Stop. No, I could see my old building behind it. In That's that, um, isn't that crazy? It was in the meat market in the, in the in the West Village. I didn't like Carbone. I didn't like. I'd be honest with you. I really didn't like many people in that movie, other than you know the stars of the movie. By the way, Robert De Niro at seventy nine years old just had a kid, which. You know, you know I, tub, guy, I just say. saw, and I don't know why I saw it on the interweb, but I saw um, the the recently departed Ray Liotta, who you did like him very much, in that movie, and and yeah. he was the anti-hero that you could root for. Um, but he was on stage, and I don't know when it was, um, but it was with De Niro, it was with um, Bracco, and uh, he said, you know, the, the the interviewer asked him. He said, did you ever meet Henry Hill? And he's like, I didn't meet him until after the movie. And I saw him at some place and I didn't really want to meet him. He said, you know, something like that. But I saw him at some place and Henry comes up to him, Henry, and he comes up to him and he says, you know, thanks for not making me look like a scumbag. <laughs> is that is that classic? That's amazing. It's so good. It yeah. is good. Now, quickly, before we bring Carter in, Jim Trader says, Dan Guy, he is, Jim is considering shorting Apple, NVIDIA, and Microsoft with leaps. Would you do that or would you short the stocks? Um, look, I can't speak to what leaps will cost you. I, I can speak intelligently about a lot of things. Leaps is not one of them, Dan. I don't know if you thought on that. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I just be really clear on this. I mean, um, you know, leaps, you're, 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 you're locking into something that is not going to have a whole heck of a lot of movement, in, you know, unless you get a big move and, and, and depending upon what your time horizon just just short the cues i mean like like if that's what you want to do and and, and there's also the inverse cues I, I don't know what the tickers are but there's a couple different ones and if you feel more comfortable about buying one especially if you're looking to play for um a short-term you uh, move i mean again we're going to talk about the concentration in the nasdaq with carter um in a minute here but again i think your inclination is probably correct and we know that nvidia reports on the 24th and that's the last big tech stock to report and if there's any hiccups there and we have seen hiccups in the semi space but if there is any problems in that guidance guy watch out below yeah i agree so obviously cpi today let's run the headline yeah uh that 4.9 was what everybody got excited about the market was expecting five the flip side of that coin of course is core cpi at five and a half came in on the screw so look again there's something for everybody here inflation has clearly been coming down we've been talking about that but you know it's the question now is at what rate at, at now at 5% effectively, you know, now it's going to do the grind. Now it's going to get really difficult. You're not going to see half percentage, 1% points to the downside. It's going to be more a tick here and a tick there. And we're still trying to get down to 2%. At least that's what the Fed's trying to do. And we've said for a while, the move from nine to five will probably be somewhat easy, although it actually took longer than I thought. It's going to be the move from five to two that's going to be difficult. So that's the part of the equation we're at now. But that was the headline and the knee jerk reaction. The market liked it um, in terms of the Dow, at least and in terms of the Nasdaq. Dow's given up its gains and is obviously reversed lower. The S&P, as I mentioned, is probably slightly lower now. The Nasdaq at some point is going to flirt with unchanged. We'll see what happens with the Russell oils under pressure. So the usual suspects. But again, none of it necessarily is all that interesting because you still have an S&P right yeah. around that 4120 level or so, which is where it's been. For the last three weeks, I know Carter has some thoughts, but that's where we are, Dan. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. So really interesting because uh, our friend Doug Cass over there at Seabreeze. Love Doug Cass. And Doug and I and, and Guy, we go back and forth. By the way, before, I, hold on a sec. Yeah. Am I allowed to say this or am I, what do they call it when well, you I, bury the lead? I don't even know yeah, if that's. You bury the lead. I mean, um, 
Yeah. No, but Doug's going to come on at some point on the on the market. Well, call. He, we're, we're having we're we're doing scheduling. We'll do market call. We'll do on the tape. Whatever yeah. whatever Doug wants to do because um, he's a great market mind. But you know, Doug hit us this morning, which is kind of funny, and he doesn't know what Amanda and Stephen and Jacob are programming for this fine program because we have Carter who's going to come on and talk about the concentration of the just in the S and P and the Nasdaq. But Doug hit us before he knew that and he. He quotes Bob Farrell, the legendary technical analyst strategist um, from Merrill Lynch. And he said, the breadth of the market is important. Broad-based rallies have the potential to continue while narrowing rallies are all prone to failure. And that's lesson number seven of Bob Farrell. He's got 10 um, ones that are often quoted. Um, so he, Doug is focused on the breadth. And I think he was highlighting a note that he had from last month. He said it's never the, different this time. So let's do it. I mean, brilliant minds think alike. Carter Braxton Worth has been waiting in the wings for us guys we've been kind of going back and forth here look at him there he is i think that i think that is a um what kind of flower is that that's not what you know that's that's an orchid i'm on looks like an orchid traveling on the road um so uh, carbone you know he was the one remember i didn't like him either there's the guy that bought the pink cadillac but then there he was the one that bought the fur coat and that's when the goes take it back take it back he takes it off the wife's like we got to get too. out of here. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like yeah. It's, yeah I mean, all those people were so. I mean, just unlikable. And it, listen, yeah. they wound up. That if you think about when I hear Layla now, and now we're, Amanda's like, "Holy shit, you got to stop because people are going to leave." Song, First of all, I have no idea if they're going to leave or not, but I just want to share this with the audience. Layla, one of the top five rock songs of all time. Sure. But since the movie Goodfellas, whenever I hear it, my mind immediately goes to that scene where the kids are playing stickball underneath the L. They look over and in the Cadillac, two people yeah. got whacked, the husband and the wife. Back to you, Dan. Sorry. Carter, yeah. back to you. Back to someone. Right, well, Carter, talk, talk to us a little bit. It's, it's kind of funny that Doug hit us on, on that. I, I guess, you know, we, we've been highlighting the fact you've been highlighting the, the S&P is just grinding and it's grinding sideways. Sure. And you've shown it to us in multiple different time frames. I'm just even thinking about it over the last few weeks here. It's not really making any progress, despite the fact that some of those big names have had some big well, that, gaps. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's the core of this, right? So the the, the hack observer just stares at the chart of the S&P. That tells you nothing, right? The, we, you want to look under the hood, is the cliche. Don't judge a book by its cover, which is to say you're studying the constituents. And the market is flat. Um, and one could say, how is that possible? Uh, another analogy, think of a sport. This champion scored a touchdown. That one caught a pass and scored another touchdown. But how come the scoreboard is not moving? Ah, the fumbles, the interceptions. There's just one screw up after another that is holding the thing back. And so... The problem with that one, say, okay, so what? It's unchanged. It, it's not any worse. But it is because the, the structure of the market is worse. The word conformation, the arrangement of parts. If you have stocks that are steeper and steeper, we have that, Apple, NVIDIA, so forth, or Hershey, uh, for instance, and certain staple stocks, McDonald's at 30 times, 31, that those can only go so far before they are too uh, rich. The incremental buyer won't come in, thinks it's too expensive, and have give back risk. They check back. They they uh, succumb to selling pressure, profit-taking or shorting. But the ones that are down, the reciprocal, things that are 52-week lows, like Alcoa and International Paper and Bank XYZ, those don't just bounce easily. They stay at their lows. So bifurcation is really what this is. Uh, uh, extended names that are compensating, holding the market up while many names get worse, um, that gets resolved invariably. And you can look at history from the Nifty 50 to 2007, 2009, in 87, by the strong ones succumbing and the weak ones staying down. Yeah. 
We're seeing, you know, I made this point yesterday. I mean, for the first time in a while, Carter, it feels like we're seeing a bit more dispersion, right, um, yeah. in, in the markets. And and to me, that always usually happens at like right before an inflection point. Talk to us a little bit about your note. I mean, guy, you know, Liz gets you all tuned up on Thursdays with with the, the weekly that she writes. And she's always got Guy Adami in her head when she's doing that. But I got to tell you, when I get... When I get the word charting email and, and I get the definition, like he just does a screenshot of something from the, oh, there, there, there it is. I just, I love it. And I love when you start listing all the synonyms to, to, to the other. Kind of fun, right. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, top head, we all know what that is. Yeah. Uh, uh, danger. You know, the, and, and we'll look at the charts, but the, 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 the concept or the circumstance better is of, of concentration is always with us. Right. Um, there, there are always big names that are a big part of an index. Um, but right now, just to put this in context, to have the top two at 14 plus percent, Apple and Microsoft, and you'll see that uh, on the next, if we do the next slide, you'll see um, how big Apple and Microsoft are at 14.4. At mm -hmm. uh, the, the, we are now more conscious anytime since back to mid 1978. At the time, AT&T and IBM were 13.5%. Were we're now 14 with these two stocks. Now, um, does it mean that's the top? It has to crush. Concentration is always, which makes sense, right? There's always a champion that drives the, the, the sports season or a, a, a great investment banker that drives the results or a lawyer who, and, and so forth and so on, a great student. But um, it can only go so far. And ultimately, just the irony, uh, one day, not this week or this month or any time that one can predict, think of the mighty AT&T. It is nothing. And think of IBM, the most valuable. Each of those was the most valuable company in the world, just as General Motors was and U.S. Steel, as was Cisco. They all have their day. Um, now, that's a long time off for these two, Apple and Microsoft. But the point is made. The point is known. And, wow, we're as concentrated as we were in 1978. Which is scary. 14%, by the way, $4 trillion-ish in market cap combined. And to your point, is there further upside? Yeah, listen, I guess. I mean, if, if it's going to if they're going to present themselves as some sort of flight to perceive safety. Yes. But let me sort of go off script here. And if you want to pull up an S&P chart while we do this, why not this debt ceiling thing? And I've seen this movie so many times before where and, and I'm guilty of it. I just want to be very clear. But there will be a resolution to this thing at some point. Again, I don't know where the S&P is when it happens, but there's a chance that the resolution brings us to the next leg higher or am I way ahead of myself on this one, Carter? Because, you know, it, it, you see some wacky things in the market in terms of, you know, if, if uh, the Speaker of the House and Schumer and President Biden came out arm in arm and said, we've come to a resolution, two years, whatever, you know and I know that the S&P up 30 handles on that. I guess the question is, will that be, will we see a continuation? Or will that be finally the last crescendo of this entire thing? Right. You assume they have to get some resolution because they're not that stupid um, or reckless, whatever word you choose. Um, and does the market respond positively? Presumptively. But I think it's just in line with what you're saying. You get a, you know, 20, 30, 40 handles and that's enough. Or that's all it can muster. Um, the reality is we don't have uh, the pieces on the board, the players on the field that can deliver meaningful higher prices by my work. And that's Carter. just based on yeah. What, what, what's your take today? Because again, that like, and I think Guy's question is a really good one. The knee-jerk reaction on the slightly weaker CPI was to gap 
you know, the market up a little mm -hmm. bit here and the S&P has given it back. It's down on the day. It looks like the NASDAQ is probably not far behind it. And yep. when you see that sort of action and then you see what you're seeing in commodities and resources and the banks again, it leads you to believe, again, this brings you back to the concentration of these names because they just routinely are now just doing all of the heavy lifting in the market. And you heard what I said about NVIDIA. I have no idea whether they're going to give disappointing results or this or whatever. But if they do, watch out below. I mean, like, because there's nothing left to kind of keep that story intact right now, especially at the valuation of where it's trading. So let's, let, let's, let's, let's go through, you know, some of your charts as it relates to the concentration. Sure. So this is a sector by sector effort. We can look at it. So what you have, not only is the market concentrated, top 10 stocks are about 30% in the S&P, but each sector itself is concentrated. So this sector, right, we know is 26% is of the S&P. It's really more like 30 because if you put Google back in it, Netflix back in it, and Facebook or Meta back in it and so forth, it would be more like 30 plus. But the sector itself is 26%, but look at the weighting interest sector. The top three stocks are 50. So you start to say, well, is it a sector? I mean, it's a sector with a lot of stocks, 70, 80 stocks, but three of them are half the weight and the sector itself is, is a quarter. And as a chart goes, you know, you can get only so, so far above trend as measured here by the 150 moving average before you check back to trend. So I think you fade this, you sell this, it's likely to check back to that green line. Uh, you, brought, um, you brought some other, you brought a couple other sectors and we don't have to go through all of them. Are there any, are there a couple of them you could ask those guys to call up that you you, you kind of think are, are kind well, of actionable right here? Well, you know, we do. In fact, let's do, let's do more of a rapid fire. Let's go through all of them and I'll give it uh, just a quick, yeah. quick, because uh, it'll be more for memory. So let's do the next one. I mean, well, that's healthcare. Again, I mean, what do you do with that? If that were an individual stock, is that really poised to break out? Not really. Is it looks like it's going to roll over? Well, it's been it's range bound. No character, pair twos, no trade. What do we got next? Okay, here's financials. Now I've clearly written there reduce weak. I mean, it is weak. It's below the 150 moving average relative strength is a disaster. I think you sell this. Um, and here too, look at the concentration. Just to go back, right? 30% Berkshire, J.P. Morgan, Visa. Next one. I mean, here here we've got a sector that itself is 10%. I think of it, that's from Target to Walmart, I mean, to, to, to Amazon, to everything from Gap stores. And yet it's 10% of the market and three stocks are half the weight. Is it a sector or is it just the whole market is just a handful of stocks? And I, I put here too early to qualify as a bearish to bullish reversal buy, right? So more of a pair of twos. Keep going. What do we got? Um, you know, industrials. I mean, talk about, talk about, it's almost stopped trading. It's almost like an EKG chart, the, the patient died. Like it's going flat across the screen. What do you do with that? I think you sell it. It's about to break below the 100. Bad day today for industrials. Um, what else do we have? Uh, well, here's another one. Of course, this is bottom because Meta's come off the bottom and, and so did Netflix. And Google, I think of the three is the most interesting here. But here, is this a sector? So it's 8% all in, but three stocks are half the weight. It's not a sector. It's just a couple stocks. You got to get those right or wrong. What do we got next? And again, now we're getting down into, so here's the entire staple sector. As an Apple's worth almost the same as Coke and Procter mm -hmm. and Clorox and Church and Dwight and Mondelez and Campbell's Soup and Smucker's Jelly, Apple, right? Now, what do you do with that? That's a pair of two. I, would, I mean, if the purest sense said, would you right now buy this? No. Would you sell this? I don't know why. Sort this? Why? It just is nothing. It's a pair of twos. What else is on there? Okay. Talk about concentrated. We all know what this is, right? It's Exxon and Chevron. 
has a rollover cast to it, right? I wouldn't really want to be big long that. I've written reduced longs. But you notice, what are we We're getting down to almost the end here? Are there anything that's really a big buy? Not really. Let's keep going. What do we got left? I mean, no thanks. <laughs> Utility, seriously? <laughs> and then what's next? Materials. So we got REITs left, materials. That looks like industrials. That, is that a bullish setup? That's the notion that somebody, this has been a bullish year. It's preposterous. That has not been a bullish year. And last of all, of course, REITs looks terrible. I mean, what do you do with all that? I don't yeah, think yeah. you do much. Or you certainly don't pound the sell side Wall Street bullish drum. And what's interesting there, Carter, is we probably just rolled through eight sectors. I think I counted, but if I'm off, I'm off. But when you look at those, um, half of them are probably right at the moving average, which to your mm -hmm. point, just it signifies a pair of twos. The remainder of them are standard deviation-ish above it. So it's not as if they're, you know, the question one has to ask themselves is what set of circumstances will that uptrend continue? So you don't have anything, at least in the charts that you just brought, that are showing something that's completely oversold to the downside that sets up for an interesting long side trade. Most of these things are flatlining and the rest of them are probably overvalued, which again, you're getting underneath the hood of the S&P 500 that we've been talking about for a while. So you know, we can show this to folks in many different ways, but all roads lead to, I think, the thesis that we keep coming back to, Dan. Yeah. And, and hey, Carter, really quickly, because you brought up Google, maybe um, the, the guys can and gals can bring that up for us. Um, maybe throw a 150 day moving average on there. And I, I mentioned it yesterday is making new eight month highs. And when you think about guy just mentioned Microsoft and Apple, which actually have a combined five trillion guy, you're off by a trillion, you know, like, you know, a trillion here, a trillion. That's there. amazing. I, I mean, I didn't even I mean, and I, I really thought it was just north of four trillion. I, I can't believe it's almost 2.3, 2.7. Yeah. It, it's absolutely it's amazing. Incredible. And, and you look at like a Google, so those stocks reach up about 30% or so in the year. Um, Google's up about 23%. And we know that, you know, like Microsoft's gain was kind of Google's pain a little bit as they were rolling out this uh, open AI, AI the, the, the chat GPT, um, you know, powered Bing and some of the other stuff. Well, Google's got their IO conference going on right now for developers. And listen, this thing looks really interesting, Carter, mm -hmm. to your point. And so is this one, though, how do you think about a name like this? If you're worried about the concentration, let's let's just say the Nasdaq, right? And you're worried about those top three names or something like that. Do you um, do, do you feel comfortable saying, okay, this one will, on a relative basis, trade better than the others? Or like, do you make outright bets? Are you pairing it? What do you yeah, do? always. I mean, in this case, right, if the market's going to sell off, correct, dip, whatever you want to call it, having had the impressive move off the October low that it's had, largely driven by a few big names, um, Google's going to go down as well. But if you do a lot of uh, relative work, right, you just ratio charts, Google right now is back to or very close to its COVID low relative uh, to Microsoft. And I think it's a pair here. You you fade Microsoft's move and, and try to do a little bit of Google. Hey, before we let you go, um, and, you know, have you done any work on Disney? We, we have a chart here, you know, reports um, after the close, 4% implied move in either direction. And um, again, you know, Bob Iger re retook the helm of this company, what, back in November, Guy, I think. And, and I think a lot of us were probably in the camp that, okay, maybe he gets a little bit of a honeymoon period. You, you know, you see what's going on there. You see what the 150-day moving average is. Um, you know, you see just what Airbnb had to say, what we're seeing in discretionary spending, that sort of thing. It might lead us to kind of not be 
particularly excited um, about maybe their parks and some of their other businesses. Um, you know, streaming has been a tough road to hoe. We saw some disastrous numbers um, out of Paramount and, and some other things. Just curious, any thoughts on the setup here? I don't really like it. Um, we know that the market makes a low in October. You see, of course, that Disney makes new lows in January. Uh, an impressive rip there, January, February, but it's all for naught. It just, uh, I, I guess I'd pass. I, and, and not necessarily a great short. I think sometimes, you know, the best trades, the ones you ever make, I'd be inclined to just not, not play. Real quick, Dan, you know, Disney played the cost-cutting card last quarter, and you saw that move, I think, in the after hours, the day they reported was north of 121. We actually talked about it on Fast Money, saying you you really can't cost cut your way to prosperity. And I thought the market would figure that out. And it did in pretty short order. As a matter of fact, within a couple of days, it was back in sort of the 108 level. And you saw where we traded down to. But to Carter's point, you know, we've just been getting trading in more and more of a narrow range. And this quarter, again, when you take the cost cutting card out that they played already, Unless they knock the cover off the ball, which, again, I'm hard-pressed to believe that they will, you know, it's probably a sideways action again. It's just going to sort of do the grind because I don't really see any catalyst necessary to get you on the long side or the short side, Dan. All right. Well, Carter, thanks for sticking around for that bonus on the Disney. We appreciate you making the time for us and our jacket, audience. By the way. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's as you say, he's a good-looking man. He is Carter Braxton Worth of Worth Charting. And all of that work that he just ran through, that comes in the email to your email box. He does videos. Uh, what do you, you still do your midnight video there? Where you're, oh, you're, yeah. Sure. Okay. So check it out, people. Worth Charting. Carter, thanks so much, bud. You got it. Talk soon. All right, he, guy he's the me. Paul Revere of charting, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. didn't Paul Revere like get on his horse at midnight and ride around? Yeah, Ish. British are coming. Something like yeah. I'm, you know, there um, were a couple somebody... other cats. You know, how I get mixed up all the time. Who? The give me liberty or give me death guy, like yeah. Nathan Hale, and I, I regret that I have but one life to give to my country. But whatever, it's neither here nor there. Whatevs, um, guy, are you getting all? This is like a, a big week coming up for you. Your your last child who is in college is graduating next week crazy um, and it's crazy are you gonna do you, you get a little people don't know this about guy you guys think he's just this tough guy he likes to crack a joke here and there you're also very sensitive you know yeah. like i feel like this last one when you see that kid grab that diploma you're gonna like there's gonna be like waterworks a little bit maybe 100 percent i absolutely without question i you know people make fun of, i am i am I, people make fun of you they think emo like, or something you're yeah, gentle i cry, I cry. You're gentle giant. Like I don't know you, about you cry in the movies. Like, in the, you, like when when uh, when old Yeller died. Did you? No, I didn't. See, I, I don't give a shit yeah. about old Yeller. Yeah. I cry. I will tell you. So the movie "It's a Wonderful Life," which if yeah. you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. You're doing television wrong. But I remember the first time I saw it, and there were two scenes that really got me. But the one that kills me to this day, the bank run. towards the end of the movie oh. when George Bailey's brother flies home in a blizzard says to mr martini and toast to my brother the richest man in um in whatchamaface in bedford falls and yeah. for some reason that one just guts me yeah. every single time so for Sorry, some of back you, to you for some of you guys who see like and you know just you know there's a correlation between guy taking on his twitter trolls and if the the, the rangers had, had lost a close one or, or the his bombers in the bronx last ago that's when you really kind of get jiggy with it a little bit on the twitter mm -hmm. um but if you if you thought that that guy is the guy all the time no no guy can get a little uh can get a little sensitive yeah yeah 
And I'm actually, not that anybody particularly cares, but tonight at Baltistrol, the people that are members call it Balti. I am not a member, by the way. Just let's be perfectly clear. The Seeing Eye is having their annual gala. I don't know if we can put it in the show notes or not, but um, I will be emceeing this evening. And here's a quick one for you. And I'm actually, I'm going to be serious, although I'm always serious when we talk about markets. But for one second, the unemployment rate, as you know, in this country is 3.4%. If you are blind or even visually impaired, the unemployment rate is 74%. Wow. So the seeing eye basically trains guide dogs for, again, visually impaired blind people from all over the world. And it gives these people their dignity back, their independence back. It's an amazing organization that we've been proud to be part of for a while. And I get to host their gala this evening. And I will tell you something. There's a good chance at some point this evening. I shed a tear back to you. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's another thing I'll say about my friend Guy Adami. Um, he's not just a, a pretty face who goes up there and, and can sweet talk a crowd and raise a bunch of money at a gala event. He is also you've you've raised two of those dogs. Yeah. You've trained two of those dogs. So you're you're practicing what you are preaching. Um, is there anything more, Guy? We have like a minute. A couple left. things. So I'll, I'll say this on the positive side of the leather at ledger, the HYG is not rolling over today. As a matter of fact, the high HYG yield. high yield index. I don't know if we have a daily chart. It's actually up on a day. That's a good sign. The VIX hasn't moved. Um, I guess the market, the reversal today is interesting in so much as, you know, maybe inflation is not the, the top of mind anymore. Maybe now valuations are starting to matter. We'll see. 24 hours is not a day make or a trend for that matter. But at least for today, the reversal is interesting. PPI tomorrow, um, earnings are effectively over. But I'm glad you mentioned NVIDIA because, you know, so much hinges on so few stocks. And yeah. I remember a couple of years ago when Again, it's a much different world. I get it. But if you think NVIDIA doesn't miss, if we have a longer term NVIDIA chart, there was a day a few Octobers ago where the stock was down, I think, 28% or something in the after hours. And that was at valuations that are probably cheaper than it's at now. So this has this has missed in the past. We have seen crazy moves in the stock before. And now we're getting towards these nosebleed levels where, again, you get a standard deviation or two from the moving average. And so many of these things become mean reverting. So I'm watching, obviously, that as well, Dan. All right. Well, here's another one. Pull up Bank America here, people, if we can get a one-year chart. BAC, and, it comes and, out. And just, you know, I mean, the closing low in the last year. 26 is, and change, I think, no? Yeah, it's just just below 27. I mean, look, look at, why is the stock down 2%? I mean, what you know, why? Like, like you know, the other night, I, I, I don't know if you were on Fast Money. Yeah, you were on, but you were not on the set. Remember we were doing our call at 1230 and on Monday and we were looking at Charles Schwab and it was trading at like $47 and it was trading as high as $57 after its earnings report. And we're like, let's just find some analyst, some investor, somebody to come on and explain to us what's going on with this stock, why it trades so poorly. And the, and, and the guy, I thought it was great. He came on. I can't remember where he's from, Oak, Oak Tree or something like that. Um, he's long the stock and a couple of his funds. He made a couple of decent cases. It's not like the regionals. I yeah. Uh, but stock acts horrible and these mm-hmm. act horrible. And, 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 you know, I saw that first citizens, the company that bought, um, you know, the carcass of uh, Silicon Valley bank was up, it, you know, it's up 9% right now. I mean, this, the, you know, so they, they announced deposits that were, you know, better than of course expected. They did. Or something. I, yeah. Yeah, of course they did. But like, there's a huge disconnect. If you look at the Pac West is down 5%, CMA is down five, you know, like, like there's something still going on here. And, you know, 
All this stuff feels really complacent with the VIX at 17. You mentioned the high yield. The high yield chart, though, on a one-year basis looks horrible, okay? It actually looks like it's going to make a new low, okay? So it's been a series of lower lows. So if that is reflection of what we might see in the credit markets, defaults, and all that sort of stuff, I mean, you look at equity readings, and the vol levels are just so low, and I don't know, man. I just like I, I know I'm fighting it here, people, and I know that a lot of you guys. Um, somebody's put a comment in our Twitter the other day, and 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 I think Amanda showed it to me or something. He's like, I really respect you guys, but you're you're just on the wrong side. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Well, I think a lot of things that we point out every day, and I'm not being dogmatic as you like to say here. Um, I think we're really right about. It. I think the market might be wrong on it. I, I really do. I think the market might be wrong on a lot of this stuff. And if this is nothing more than a bear market rally that we've had off of the lows and things really get weird over the next few months because we have a stagflationary environment, we have a Fed that's backed into a corner, we have a bunch of geopolitical stuff that seems weird, we have the potential for a default of our debt, right, and a downgrade of, of our debt. I mean, you think that this feels good right now with the S&P up 7%. Like, let me tell you how it's going to feel when it goes down in a straight line on the year. The S&P hasn't moved since April 14th, which is Friday. I mean, it's effectively the same level where a month later, it's the same price. Yes, it's gone up and down. Since then, it's gone nowhere effectively for that period of time. And obviously, the market is higher than I thought it would be at this point in the year. But it's not like it's exploding to the upside. And quickly, you know, in terms of some of the things you talked about, we didn't get into it today, but short duration bonds, the moves in some of these things are stupid. We talked about it on Fast Money last night, but look at two month, five month, six month bonds. The moves are staggering and we're at levels we last saw 14, 15 years ago. So there's so many things. Listen, you know what's bullish? Price action. You know what's bearish? Just about everything else. I mean, and that's not being glib. That just happens to be, in my opinion, fact, Dan. Well, last thing here, people. Okay. Um, you know, we turn the machines on, we talk to each other, we talk to you, we answer your questions, we go on CNBC, we do our audio podcasts, we do all this stuff. You know, listen, we're, we're, we are not your broker, we're not your financial advisor, we're not your hedge fund manager. I think we're here to like kind of help, you know, be Sherpas through this process. And we've been looking at, staring at fact set screens for 25 years. Um, at least I have, you're about what, 35 or so. That that joke's getting old. No, but, no, but, it's, but it's all legit. No, I don't. We're just we're just kind of pointing some things out here, man. And we're going to be right. We're going to be wrong. We're going to rant on this thing a little bit here and there, right? And, and we'll uh, be back again tomorrow. Yeah, you we know, will. You, you know, you might go zero for four. You might get the golden sombrero. That's four strikeouts in a game. The next day, you might hit three dongs like that kid from the the A's did yesterday against the Yankees, albeit in a winning effort by the Yankees. So, <laughs> you know, you lace them up and you do it again. By the way, of course, as I've mentioned a number of times. Amongst the many great Sherpers in the world, the greatest being Tenzig Norgay, who helped Sir Edmund Hillary summit Everest back in the day. Just throwing that out there. By the way, that's a, you know, a lot of crazy shit that I want to do. One of them is the death race uh, for you Spartan race fans out there. I will do that at some point. You will not. It will be the death of you. Yeah, it might be. Got to die of something. Everest, though, is something I've never really had any interest in. And I'll tell you why quickly. Because you could, be, you could be the best conditioned athlete on planet Earth, and you don't know how your body's going to react to altitude. And I got to tell you something. You get up there in the death zone, and you're on your own, sucker. Nobody's going to help you. There ain't no helicopters coming. There ain't no hit balloons coming. Yeah. Nothing's going to save your ass. So 
So that scares the you know what out of me, Dan. So, so guy, so guy, here's what I'm looking at the comments here. We have just some 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 real winners in here. Uh, this is our main man, Jason Shapiro. I'm goes, Jason. What's up, Jason? Still, he goes, I'm still waiting for the right part. I said, We're gonna be right sometimes, we're gonna be wrong sometimes. And then he's and <laughs> it's then like he goes, the movie. He goes, Then you do help, Dan. You're the greatest fade there is. Uh, uh you know, I, I just people listen. I do love the comments. I, you know, most of it's positive, but some of it's negative. It doesn't matter. We're trying, and we're trying to be honest. We don't try to be honest. We're we are honest about it. And the market is a way of humbling us all. Obviously, thanks Carter Braxtonworth in front of the orchid, dressed really well at a client lunch. Thank you. That's Carter Worth of Worth charting. No emojis, no charts or hearts, just charts. Yeah, love that. Uh, fact set financial data and analytics powered by tomorrow we will be back tomorrow which is thursday with elizabeth young from sofi and i want to see people all together now hashtag butters we will be getting something from butters i don't know what it is i don't know if you know what it is but we're all going to find out together tomorrow 1 p.m later peeps see you later